Hi and welcome to episode 89 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Reportage and This Reportage family and I'm a photographer too. Honoured to have the fab Lisa Winner on the podcast with me today. Lisa was in our top 10 USA photographers of the year on This Reportage family for 2020 and she's won nine awards from us in total, six individual and three story awards. Lisa shares so much in the episode today, including the story behind one of her family story awards, her personal projects regarding autism and family caregiving, why she's not interested in creating photos like everyone else's, the importance of personality and getting that across, our Netflix synopsis game, vacation photography, and much more too. Before we get on to Lisa, as this is one of our first podcasts back from our summer break, I just wanted to remind you that we will be having our Christmas party in London this year on the 6th of December 2021, which I'm really excited about. It's the first time that we'll be able to have both this Reportage family and this Reportage members there, and I'd love to see as many of you as possible. It's exclusively for members, and you can bring a guest too, and it's totally free as part of your membership with a free drink if you arrive early too. We've got the exclusive use of an awesome balcony bar with fab views over Leicester Square too. We've got a DJ and over 90 people from all over Europe have already confirmed to come, including quite a few of my previous podcast guests actually. Should be great. Really looking forward to it. Just remember to RSVP if you're coming along. Hope to see you there. Right, over to Lisa. Hey Lisa, how are you doing? Hey Alan, good. Good stuff, good stuff. Thanks for Um, having me. Oh, thanks for coming on here. It's an honor to have you on here. It's uh, really cool. Lovely to hear your voice. Yeah, you too. <laughs> um, yeah, so so what Yeah, what time is it with you at the moment? Um, it's 10.40 a.m. Okay, yeah, so you're just starting your day, as, as you said before we came on, and I'm, I'm kind of ending mine, so it's almost yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, weird, isn't it, how this world works and this technology. Yeah. Yeah, it feels really like you're just right you. next to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, because where in the where in the world are you based? You're in America, aren't you? Uh, yes, I'm in California. Nice. Okay. Are you kind of near San Francisco? I am. I'm right. I'm right outside the uh, the city, just across uh, the Bay Bridge. It takes me about 15 minutes when there's no traffic, which is hardly ever. So, yeah. oh, really? Is there always a lot of traffic? Mm-hmm. Is there? Yeah, I live on a um, a little island called Alameda. And it's right adjacent to Oakland. Um, it's actually a little bit of a like a suburban anomaly in the mix of this like megatropolis area. But um, it sounds nice. Yeah, I, I'm four blocks from the beach. I uh, we, you can see San Francisco from from uh, from our island. It's pretty cool. Well, that's pretty proper cool. I. I would love to go there. So I've been to America like six times, but only to Vegas. I've never been anywhere else in America. Well, Vegas is pretty great, so I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame you. I love it, it is fun, isn't it? Oh, you love it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a big. I love to gamble. <laughs> oh, cool. what what do you like to play? What do you play? Um, I play craps. Oh, it's fun, isn't it? I had like, when we went about four years ago, we had like, it's like a free craps lessons, you know, that they do at the casinos and and got really into it. It's really fun. Really fun. It's super fun. I'm really conservative. Most like legitimate craps players would probably hate playing with me because I'm like three numbers and then that's it. And then I just sit and wait. Uh, But I love, I love it more than any other game. I'll play blackjack sometimes, but I find it's not nearly as exciting. No, craps has that great atmosphere, doesn't it, around the table mm-hmm. and like uh, the whole. Yeah, because I it's love a that. team sport. Mm. 
Oh, that's cool. How often do you get to go to Vegas then? Um, well, you know, with COVID, it's been a minute. Uh, mm. I've probably not been since 2019, 20, I don't even remember the last time I was in Vegas, honestly. It's been, it's been a little while. Um, okay. How about you? Yeah, I went, weirdly, for my friend's 40th, we went about two weeks before it all started closing down, really. Kind of like, well, beginning of March um, in 20. 2020 wasn't it yeah and uh, yeah so oh, wow. i know so when we were going over on the plane it was like my parents have given me all these hand wipes because they're like oh you're hearing about this coronavirus thing i was like yeah okay dad but then like on the way back i was like really grateful um and then the day right. after i landed my local kind of air company actually went bust um so yeah wow. weird. Yeah, yeah really weird but yeah i love going to Vegas. i remember reading about that uh british airline that had to um go declare bankruptcy like right yeah. in the beginning what was what was their name well at that my what it was flyby flyby yeah yeah oh did you hear about that yeah that's so uh -huh. funny <laughs> so well, i managed I to get had, i think they had a flight to san francisco i remember yeah i remember them i remember that whole uh, thing funny small world yeah so i managed to get back from london to where i live in cornwall but then the day afterwards they went bust so that was that was really lucky um yeah. But yeah, I normally go to Vegas annually for around the WPPI conference. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I can, I can put it through the books then as a taxable expense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we need to get you to other parts of the United States. Uh, Vegas isn't the only redeeming quality of our country, though. It's a yeah, sure. in my opinion. Oh, I'd love to go to San Francisco. It looks beautiful. Yeah, I would love to go there. Yeah, it's quite... Uh, New York City would also be an easy flight for you. Uh, also oh, another great that. city. It must be really easy for you to get to Vegas. Sorry, it's on the Vegas subject, but it must be so easy <laughs> for you. <laughs> Is it, it's yeah. just a small flight, isn't it, from oh, you, yeah. really? like an hour and 10 minutes, an hour oh, and 15 minutes. That's so yeah. good. It's like 11-hour <laughs> flight for me, 11 hours. So. Now you're like, oh, I need to come to San Francisco and live yeah. so I can just get to Vegas all the time. <laughs> Oh, Lisa, oh, that's cool. I, I, hope we have not, I hope we haven't put people off by the Vegas chat, but I, I love that. And it's cool to chat to someone else who, who loves it as well. So, Lisa, let, let's crack on. Yeah. So um, I, I, I just love one of, this quote, one of these quotes on your homepage. There's loads of quotes on your website, which I think are great, by the way. So I want to talk about. Um, but one of them, you say, um, by the end of a session together, we'll be on a more than first name basis. And you may even learn what I was known for in high school. So, <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> what well, were you for? I'm not sharing that here on this call. <laughs> oh, that's so intriguing, though. I really oh. want to know. Maybe by the end of the call. <laughs> I totally forgot that was on there. Wow, you really do your research, don't you? Well, <laughs> I've got to do a bit. Honestly, I think your website is so great. It has so much personality. You know, I, I really love it. And because uh, I mean, obviously I look at loads of photographers' sites and there are loads of good ones yeah. out there, but a lot of them can be just playing it safe, you know, a lot more kind of like sure. doing what everyone else does. And what's so different about yours is so much personality and so much, you know, of, of you in it. And yeah, another line, which is, um, I wanted to say is that you, you say literally, I'm not interested in creating photos that look like everyone else's. I love that. And that's kind of brave as well, I think. So have you always been, you know, that, that kind of brave and putting your personality forward and not following <laughs> the friends? Um, you know, I will say that, it's that's really come about in my later adult years uh kind of getting that confidence to really just be who I am I certainly wasn't 
like that as a child or even, you know, in my early 20s, it, it took me a while to like find my identity as a person. Right. Okay. But once I got to the point where, you know, I started on this photography journey and, you know, I have a pretty, I don't know if you can tell, but I have a pretty distinct personality and <clears throat> I really want to make sure that people are aware of that upfront. Um, and so I tried my best to really convey that through my website, because if you don't know me and you're just searching for, you know, a photographer and you come across my page, you know, I want whoever my ideal client is to go, oh yeah, I want to work yeah. with this person for, you know, a variety of reasons. One being, I really like her voice. Totally. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really successful, I have to say, because obviously we've never spoken and, and I just, you get a real sense of your personality just from the website. So, you don't know, it's brilliant, I think. Really yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> at my journey into photography is not like a normal, normal journey of others. I don't know if we're ready to talk about that. Oh, yet. yes. Tell us. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah. What was your journey? Um, so, you know, I know you know that I have an autistic son. And so in 2017, we as a family decided that we were going to go on this grand like South Pacific uh, adventure. And we booked a six week trip to Australia and Fiji. Wow, cool. And he was six at the time. He was very challenging, but we were determined as a family to not allow his his disability and our uh, like fear of what that looked like in public to deter us from doing what we love the most, which is traveling. We love to travel. Um, so in, in preparation for that journey, I decided I was going to start an Instagram to oh, document yeah. his experience and our experience traveling to raise awareness about autism. Cause you know, there's a families, there's a lot of autistic families that have fear around traveling because of the judgments and fear of safety and um, I'm doing a whole project on it. So I actually know quite a bit about this topic, but okay. um, so as I started taking pictures for this, um, you know, trip and, you know, post making posts online, I found that I really didn't care so much about like posting on social media. Like, you know, I know people get really excited and, you know, there's lifestyle bloggers and all this stuff. And I just, it just wasn't for me. I didn't find that was my calling, but what I did find was my calling was taking real life documentary photos. Um, oh, cool. I have this, this one image of, of my family in front of the uh, Sydney Opera House, which I have a whole story around. It's like my first like documentary, documentary photo where I, when I took it, I knew it was like a moment for me. Like, okay, this is what I want to do. And, you oh, know, I was cool. in a, corporate job um like a you know i was doing data analysis and market research for you know uh <clears throat> consumer products company i i worked from home i had a good salary and i was right. absolutely miserable i was okay. miserable every day i was so sick of being in this position where i just felt like i was chained to a desk and it was just about the money and i didn't it didn't give me any passion or drive. And so once I started, you know, decided, okay, I'm going to go all in with photography and started learning and taking classes and, you know, really trying to hone my voice, you know, my life changed. And then, you know, it wasn't a year and a half later where I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And I left my job and started my own company. 
Wow, that's cool. That didn't take long, only a year and a half as well then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, I don't know that it was like I was ready and I didn't quite understand. You know, I thought, oh, I'm going to leave my corporate job and start my own business and have so much more time for my family. And <laughs> that was cute. Um, but it was the right time. My company was going through a restructure and uh, I, I essentially spoke with my boss and said, I want you to lay me off. Okay. Because they were giving out like save severance packages and I knew I could get unemployment and I was like, please let me go. Oh, that's and, cool. But was, were you scared though to do that? Were you scared oh, or not? Absolutely. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I'm step. still terrified even today. <laughs> <laughs> was your par- par- partner supportive? He was. Um, you know, he knew that I had, you know, how unhappy I was and we had been talking for a while. And I told her I wanted to do this. And then, you know, it really just felt like now or never mm. at that time um, because of this restructure. And I knew that I was going to be put into a new role that once again, I wouldn't like. And it just felt like, okay, well, here's some money and I have savings. Like, cause I knew it was going to take a while to get a business off the ground. Now, granted, this was like December, 2018. So I had pretty much just like a year and a few months before COVID hit. And then uh, yeah. belly up. So uh, that's, yeah, that's not the best timing, I guess that way, but you couldn't yeah. have foreseen that. You couldn't have foreseen that though. But I love that. I think that's really inspiring though. And hopefully people listening, you know, when, when, you know, you, you weren't happy doing that job. And so you just made, it's a big life decision to do something like that. And it's inspiring that kind of thing. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been, (laughs) you know, financially, it's been definitely, you know, has its ups and downs, as you know, being an entrepreneur is really hard. And it's so much harder than I ever thought it would be. Um, Mm. It's so much more rewarding. I mean, I work hard now for myself, not for anybody else. And I, I push myself more than I ever did in any, you know, job. Um, And I know, and I see, you know, like I said, ups and downs, but I do see the fruits of my labor and I see it paying off. So I just have to keep going. No, very cool. Very cool. And obviously you're doing, you're doing great and you're, you're so good. And so you had no kind of, no photographic background then really you just started to kind of no. learn. Your, yeah, really. And so how did you learn just from kind of, did you go to workshops and things or websites or I, books? I did. I've invested thousands of dollars in education. Mm, um, you know, I've always picked up a camera. Um, and even before this, you know, I was into pictures, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything that I, you know, spent t- real time or money on. Um, I, uh, I, I don't have a lot of patience for myself and life. <laughs> and so I never really dedicated the time. I felt like, oh, well, you know, this isn't anything that it could ever be real, right? Because I wasn't like a Pulitzer Prize winning pho- like photojournalist within like the first three months of, <laughs> you know, picking up a point and shoot. Um, but this time I decided to try a different approach and, <laughs> and actually give it time and money. I mean, um, you know, I took my first workshop with, I don't know if you're familiar with the um, American photographer, Lauren Mitchell. Um, oh, I don't know. Her work. Okay. Is that, yeah. is that documentary work as well? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I took my first class through Cooking Moms uh, and it was uh, with her and my mind was blown at the work that other people were producing at the work that she produced and like, you know, talking about, you know, concepts and composition and, and all that. And then from there, I just kept going. I mentored with Kristen Lewis. 
Okay. Um, I've taken several classes with Chuck Anarino. So I've kind of made my way through the, you know, documentary family photography world <laughs> That's of educators. Cool. And now I've moved on to, mm. to outside of that. But yeah, I still continue to invest in education because I think it's the number one way for me to grow. Cool. And uh, yeah, and I totally agree with you. It was, it was a massive game changer for me as well. I remember going to my first workshop, um, you know, in the wedding world and just being, like you said, mind blown of like what other people can do and the th- how they were doing it. I just opened up just so it's like a whole new world to me. It did. I think that was a massive, massive thing for me. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more yeah. about education. So, um, yeah. And yeah. that's when I, you know, when I say I don't want my photos to look like everybody else's is yeah, I, I truly believe that with my heart of hearts because I feel like there's so many photographers that just get their camera and then they go stand in the woods and you know mm. take people. And that's not to say that I haven't done that because I certainly did that in the beginning, but I figured out really quickly that that's not what I wanted to do. Mm. And so, how could I get beyond that? Totally agree. Mm. It's so important to differentiate ourselves. It's such a competitive market. It's so important to differentiate. And you're doing that as well, and not just your images, but also the everything on your website, all your copy, everything about you and the way you run your business. You know, you, you have to do it. That's just true to ourselves, isn't it? And then it's different then. And then, yeah, and that's all good. Yeah. And, you know, I, <clears throat> it's, it's still, you know, work in progress and, you know, constant learning, but I think you're right. If I can stay true to myself and true to my voice, like I, I will just find success that way, you know, whether it's now or whether it's, you know, in the future, I, I just have to do it that way. Mm, I totally, totally agree. I definitely think that's, that's the way to do it. And um, I've tried to be like that as well. So totally, yeah, totally agree. Um, Lisa, one of your, one of your family story awards, um, which I think is brilliant. Um, I think it's, is it probably, is it, I think it's your son in it often lying down or sitting in various yeah. locations. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, the I think that's, it's proper cool. It's really interesting. It's a, a powerful story. Can you, can you, can you tell us more about that? Was that partly when yeah. you were on that six week break or was that at different times? So, so I've been, um, documenting that story for about a year. Um, and that's the story which has developed into a little bit more like bigger beyond just, uh, those particular images. But, um, okay. it's, it's really about documenting my son's you know, experiences in nature and in the outdoors and what that looks like. Um, and it's actually been picked up by a pretty large uh, publication whose, oh, whose wow. name I would prefer not to say, because uh, it hasn't been released yet, but okay. um, within exciting, that publication, yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. I'm just kind of waiting for it. Like it's close. It's, it's almost there. Okay, um, okay, cool. uh, so you know, within that story, we talk about, you know, him specifically, but then we also talk about, you know, autism acceptance as a whole, which is really, you know, what the movement is transitioning to from autism, away from autism uh, awareness to autism acceptance. Um, And that what that looks like, um, from a traveling and experiencing the outdoors perspective. And it's really about, um, you know, when we talk about making accommodations for folks, you know, with disabilities, it's the conversation is generally around uh, accommodations for folks with physical disabilities. You know, Mm -hmm. you're in a wheelchair, you're hearing impaired, your vision impaired, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not 
there's very little conversation about around those with cognitive uh, disabilities. Sure. And so what happens is, you know, if you meet an autistic child, you meet an autistic child. Every autistic child is different and mm -hmm. what triggers them and how they react to things is different. And so, you know, thinking about, you know, thinking back to that trip I took with Donovan when he was six. I mean, there were times where I literally feared for his life because... Uh, he would get triggered, he would have a meltdown, we'd be in a public space where I thought was safe, and then, you know, something would happen. And, and, and mm. this is every, you know, every family that that has, you know, a child on the autism spectrum, you know, experiences these same feelings and emotions, and I feel like it's not talked about enough. Right, um, okay. You know, this, this project specifically is looking more at our national park system within the United States and, you know, uh, how, you know, this government agency, which is supposed to be, you know, Americans for all, like if you go to their site, they talk about, you know, reaching out and, you know, being there for the masses. And, but if you like search for, you know, autism, or if you look for, you know, their, within their national parks, like monuments and park system, there's only one location that's made any sort of modifications oh, to okay. accommodate uh, folks on the spectrum. Other than that, when you go to places like Yellowstone National Park or the Grand Canyon, I mean, it's just, you know, vast, like everything is just open. There's no like place, like I, we took Donovan when he was three to the Grand Canyon, we went as a family. And if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, you'll know that it's literally just a canyon. That's open. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's no rails or any sort of area where you can go, mm -hmm. where you can kind of feel cordoned off, but still like taking the beauty of this natural landscape. And we had to strap him into a stroller because we were very concerned about him running off and falling off the cliff edge. And it was a disaster. It was probably one of our worst trips he's oh, really? oh yeah it was it was fucking awful oh. um and so you know i i'm just one of many many families that have this to contend with um and it's not talked about so that's really what this story uh with donovan is about is just showing and he's older now so travel with him is much easier it was when he was little but right. you know that's to say that there aren't families with older children that have the same issues so not to go off on a tangent, even though I just did. Well, no, but I, just, <laughs> I can only <laughs> imagine. Uh, I, I just find, honestly, I find it so interesting. It's, it's some. It's. I think it's awesome that you're doing a project that can have that could really have a proper effect on things, though, as well. And that's that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's the. I, as I continue in my photography journey, I found that I, um, I'm really gravitating towards more social justice stories, more long-term long storytelling that um, could potentially and will, I mean, not could, but will have an impact on, you know, whether it's um, legislation or even just raising awareness. Um, wow, that's proper. They want, want to do. Wow, um, that's proper. That is just so grand. That's like proper, like changing the world type stuff. You know, I often talk about, you know, eating canapes at weddings, which is just doesn't mean anything compared to the kind of stuff you're doing now. Honestly, hats off. I think um, it's amazing. Yes. Um, um, there's, if I may, yes, there's course. actually another, there's another project that I'd like to talk about as well that yeah. isn't on my website yet. Okay. Um, it's a very personal story, so I'm going to try and get through it without uh, crying. Okay. Um, but my father 
is terminally ill. He has stage four cancer. And he resides on the East Coast of the United States. I am an only child of divorced parents. And so it is my sole responsibility to manage his end of life care. So Uh I've been traveling back and forth for several months now, trying to tend to his needs as well as tend to my business as much as I can and my family back here in California. And through this, I decided that I needed to do, I needed something more. Um, So as part of my idea for advocacy, I started a photography project um, and I've partnered with uh, another photographer, you know, Stefana Farrell. Oh yeah. uh, Who was on this podcast a few months Mm -hmm. ago and she and I are documenting uh, my journey as a caregiver together. Wow. And so she comes up, she lives in Florida. She comes up to Georgia, uh, not every trip. She's been several times and she documents my experience from a third person perspective. And then I document my experience from a first person perspective. Um, And together, our project is called the Daughterhood Project. and we're in the process of um sharing it out to media publications we were going to wait until after my father passed um before releasing the story but there's um there's a lot going on in washington with our national politics right now around um this large economic package that uh, our government is tossing around about passing not passing and all of the components uh, that are involved in it Right. And one, one of the programs that's in this package is uh, related to family caregivers and providing economic support as well as expanding Medicaid, okay. uh, which is our like national, what you, I guess you'd call it like national health care for the elderly or, and disabled. Uh, okay. um, and so the, the story is extremely relevant to what's happening right now sure, uh, yeah. in a political climate. And so... Um, we're in the process of figuring out like what that wants to look like. We'd like to make this project bigger than just the story of my father and the story of me. Uh, we'd really like to use it for advocacy work and, you know, policy change and things like that, but we're still in the beginning stages. Um, wow. Gosh. Oh, Lisa, what, what a project. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry to hear about your dad as well, but, um, yeah, man, what, what a project. And it's, it sounds like it could have again, a, a real effect on things so is that is that helping you in a, in a in a way having this kind of photographic this project and aim as well with with dealing this with the situation um it it is you know I, i've battled feelings of guilt on <laughs> using this time as like a way to you know further myself but i've no, spoken but you're with not, several yeah i've spoken with several photographers now who essentially are like stop that no that's yeah not, totally no. Yeah, I'm using it as like a form of art therapy. Um, mm, it gives okay. me something else to focus on and something else to think about other than, you know, essentially what lies ahead, which is, you know, his passing, um, which I've come to terms with, but it's still, you know, the nice. traveling and the the waiting. I mean, waiting, like that's what, <clears throat> that's what we're doing right now. We're waiting. Oh. Oh, Lisa, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I can't. Im- I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine. And oh, 
Yeah, I mean, again, though, just what you're doing is just so good and so powerful. And again, just makes me think, you know, what am I doing in my life? Like, <laughs> you know, it does, though. It's like, <laughs> we doing... all, we all serve different purposes. Like, Alan, you do beautiful wedding photography, and that's such an important day for people. <laughs> but it's, yeah, but it's just, it's like one day, isn't it? It's not, it's nowhere near <laughs> as important as the things you're doing. I, I, I often, I do just often think like that. And then I don't go and do these kind of projects, though. So I'm like just hypocritical. So, Oh, but what you're doing is amazing, Lisa, honestly. It really it is. It's amazing. It's proper. Awesome. Sorry to take a downturn in the podcast. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's, so, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. Um, and uh, just a back with your with your son being autistic, actually, as well. My wife, I find it very interesting, autism. Um, I, I know virtually nothing about it, but my wife is actually a speech therapist, and she's actually she actually specializes in diagnosing autism so that's what she does oh. uh, day in day out yeah and I just find what she's doing you know that's changing people's lives and then I come back to like yeah. I take photos of people like dancing on tables it's like <laughs> changing people's lives. it's um yeah a funny thing but we can't beat ourselves up all the time can we we can't yeah it's all it's, it's fine it's fine let's let's change tack slightly Lisa let's change sure. um do you uh, do you watch much Netflix are you a movie fan I am yeah you are that's good that's good so um for for i don't know for the last 20 episodes or so i've done a little netflix or game where i if you're up for playing sure yeah okay. absolutely yeah cool so i'm just gonna read out a synopsis like it's, it's normally netflix or that or they could be found on other streaming services really but okay. yeah and and we'll see if you can get the title of the movie or the title of the season from i mean the series from from the synopsis okay sure Okay, cool. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay, so this first one. Okay, is a movie. Okay, so Marty McFly, a 17-year-old high school student, is accidentally sent 30 years into the past in time-traveling DeLorean invented by his close friend, the eccentric scientist Doc Brown. Back to the Future. Yes, boom. That's a good one. That's it. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that in years, actually. Oh yeah, it's been a while. Although yeah, yeah my my kids like the series, so yeah. The series? Oh, the whole series. The three, the three. Oh, yes. I guess it's a yeah. trilogy. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Isn't it? I remember yeah. seeing the third one at the cinema when I was a kid, though. And that's not very good. The third one, is it? I don't know. No, it's not. The one with the wet, Wild West yet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually. I remember seeing the second one at cinema as well, and I was again quite young, and so just not really understanding it. You know, that's quite hard to understand. I think the second one. But. So the funny thing about the second one is they go into the future, and Donald Trump is president, and everything. Oh. It's terrible. <laughs> that's, that's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good start. One out of one so far. That is good, Lisa. So, okay. Great. Second, second one is a movie as well. So, in rehab, pop star Elton John looks back at his humble origins, timeless songs, and heady moments of inspiration and excess based on his true story. Rocket Man. Yes. Boom. Nice. <laughs> Have you seen that? That's great. It's a great movie. Oh, cool. I've not seen it actually. I should. Oh, I, should. I love that Taron Edgerton is the main, is the actor that plays him. He's so good. It's really. I highly recommend. Oh, okay, cool. I will check it out. I will watch it. Cool. There's so many things, isn't there, to watch these days? But I, I yeah. definitely on. Yeah. Okay. Well, two out of two so far. So we're going for the 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 full three out of three. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is a series. Okay, and it's quite you know, it's an oldish series now, probably about ten years or so. Anyway. Okay, so 
Amid relationship woes and personal attacks from a wicked cheerleading coach, a teacher fights to turn underdog Glee club members into winners. Oh, it's Glee. Yes, it is. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you said Glee club. I thought maybe that. I'm like, no, it's it's Glee. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Though. I don't know if I would have got that. I watched the first couple of seasons years ago, but I don't know if I would have got it from that. So, yeah, awesome. Well done. Three out of three. <laughs> Proper winner, Lisa. Proper winner. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that joke. It's such a cool surname, though, that is. It's such a cool surname. <laughs> My husband will be thrilled to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Uh, awesome. Uh, Lisa, let's go back to your photography. And um, I, I, again, sorry, just another quote from your website there, which I really like. So I just wanted to say that I really like. Um, is you say you were talking about your previous career, and you say I never took myself too seriously. So many people think that being professional equals being boring, and it doesn't have to be that way. So I just I said, wanted to say that I hundred percent totally agree with that, and uh, I love that you say it. I think it's really cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, one of the things I used to do when I was um, <clears throat> working in my corporate job was. I was responsible for like managing this like client relationship from the like marketing research side. But then I had, you know, uh, uh, what do they call it? Cross like counterparts across the country. And I would like talk to them about the business, but anyway, I would send these emails. I would, and my emails were always like full of personality with like pictures and gifts and funny, like writing, like jokes and, all the things I would never, because it was the only way that I knew people would read them Okay. because everybody sends, you know, boring work emails, outlining responsibilities or whatever. And people either don't read them or they, but mine, I wanted to really make sure that they pulled people in from beginning to end. Oh, that's cool. And, and it was like something I became known for. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool no I just love that as well because you're so right that people do normally equate kind of professionalism professionalism doesn't have to be boring and I remember when I started my photography site years ago and when I first started you know back in 2012 and I referred to um, myself as we you know because it sounded more professional and I, I didn't reply to emails like outside of like the nine to five hours in case you know that that didn't seem professional but then I, I quickly dropped all that and just realized <laughs> that's all silly that's just silly just and you know when I'm at a wedding now I have a silly run and stuff and I make silly dad jokes and yeah. you don't have to have this false air of professionalism and yeah so Mm, totally agree. no like I'm not trying to fool anybody I really try to live authentically in my everyday life as well as my business life um you know <clears throat> because it's just yeah that's just who I am it feels very on brand for me <laughs> oh that's cool that's all good yeah <laughs> and talking about your brand so as, as as well as you and your photography so as, as well as your family photography you also do vacation photography which I, I saw on your site can you tell us and more about that side of your work because I think it's an area that you know a lot of photographers would love to get into more I guess it helps being living in a place that's very um you must get loads of yeah yeah so I'll be honest that's really a side that has <laughs> declined significantly since the start of the pandemic I, I had <laughs> yeah so I had actually started making um good headway with um some of the luxury hotels in downtown San Francisco Oh. And I was connecting with the concierges and 
you know, I did, I photographed like a retirement dinner for the concierge association was, you know, just starting to meet people network and build those relationships. Ah, And that was like 2019, the beginning of 2020, that, that retirement dinner was like January of 2020. And then, you know, everything came to a halt in March. And so it's been, it, it really just like, I don't even know. I've tried reaching out. I don't even know if some of the concierges are still there. I imagine some folks lost their job. Like, mm. um, it's been tough. I, you know, I have started talking with them again and I was referred a pretty big job that I had to turn down because I was in Georgia with my oh. dad. But um, oh, sure. mm. I'm hoping to get that business off, like up and running again. I actually started a group, uh, with several other gals, um, uh, several photographers who you know, um, Sarah Paulucci and oh, Antonina, yeah. oh, and, cool. uh, Casey Zalid out of uh, Colorado, called the Vacation Storytellers. And we've talked on and on about kind of bringing a collective together and, you know, as a, mm-hmm. as a group, like starting up, uh, uh, you know, starting to reach out across the world, really. Um, wow. and trying to That's exciting. Them. That's a good idea. Yeah. But it's just, you know, everything takes time and I have a lot going on. <laughs> oh, I totally understand that you do, you do. And still, I mean, it's still so hard for so many people to travel. I mean, it's, as a UK person, we can't even fly into America at the moment until like past November. I think it's middle of November or something that's happening. So, Yeah, I thought that, that they had lifted that restriction, but I, I can think, never keep track. Yeah, I think it's beginning of November. They announced it a few weeks ago, but it's not till November yet until we're able to. But I think that's really cool and proactive of you to go and like contact the the hotels and the concierges like that. Yeah, I mean, the problem with vacation photography, it's is, is it's something that people don't really think to search for, at least not yeah. yet. I mean, I did I did get, you know, several clients through that you know, people coming to San Francisco and wanting, you know, photos in a particular location. Um, but it's not something that, you know, people actively like go on the internet and let me find a vacation photographer. Right. Yeah. So it, is... it takes a lot of like building and awareness. Mm. That is tricky when you have something like a product or a service, but that people don't know kind of exists as a thing, isn't it? Yeah. So that, that you can't, it's hard to SEO when not, not, no one's like searching for it. <laughs> um you so know, that's why i think is, oh yeah go ahead oh no that's why i just think it's so cool that you were being proactive and looking at other avenues like get contacting directly with the hotels and things where where the people that are vac- vacationing are actually going to be i think that's a really good yeah. idea yeah i mean one you know area that we've talked about a lot is um contacting like you know tour operators and um mm-hmm. other like you know destination type locations like you know glamping and yeah you know places like that that offer like a luxury experience but you know is more you know than just staying at a hotel in san francisco mm. it just it just takes time and uh it does it just takes time it's cool though to have another it's so I know one of the things that the pandemic's taught you know me and I think a lot of people is the, the importance of diversification so to have you know the vacation mm-hmm. photography as well as the family photography and all that, anything else that you do I think that's just so much more important now yeah it's hard to have all your eggs in one basket right I mean mm-hmm. last year in the midst of all of this when family photography pretty much died I decided I was going to start doing school portraits for uh, right, yeah. like because school wasn't in session and so there was no school portraits we had and I actually you know in the middle of a pandemic launched a pretty successful 
like other arm of my business. Oh, and, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, actually going into like, schools or doing it from people's homes? Or, no, you know, going well, into at that time, it, at that time it was doing like, because we were all virtual here, mm. there was no school happening. And so it was connecting with families within the community and then creating like pods. And I would do, you know, like 30 kids in somebody's backyard. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. Was that fun? Was it stressful or was it fun? Or both? Um, it was, it was good. I would say I've switched to doing like actual, like in the school, like school, I just did it like a high school of 400 here in Oakland, right. you know, like well, last you month. all 400 of them? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> well, how many was, days to do that? Oh, uh, like three full days. Wow. What, what ages are they? Uh, high school so uh, uh yeah i guess it's different in the uk so like ages 14 to 18 oh wow okay and did they all you know do they all want to have their photograph taken <laughs> well school pictures they don't really have a choice okay the yeah. school uses them for like you know yearbook and things like that but uh yeah dealing so like last year it was like little kids like you know elementary school age you know like six seven eight year olds and they're fun and they have a lot of high schoolers you know, they give zero fucks that you're there. Yeah. Like they, just, <laughs> they just are like, okay, you're forcing me to take my picture. I'll sit here. And I mean, some I could get to like, because I bring a lot of energy uh, right. to the sessions. But yeah, it was challenging. I don't know that I'll do that again. I, oh, really? I okay. that I really... That's a different <laughs> art, though. It's cool that you did that. I think, again, a lot of people would be like really scared to do something like that. And that's just so cool that you just did that. Again, it's inspiring. It's awesome. Because it is a different art. Did you use like kind of a flash setup and things? Or I, I did natural light. I just oh, made cool. sure that we uh, found a location within the building where there was like a window behind me. So I could uh, use that nice. window light to light each subject and in i would say 90 percent of the instances it worked out and there was like 10 percent where like the light would shift and something and it just wasn't a great scenario but um how long did you have like with each with each kid like when you did that 400 like how long do you have (laughs) um like 90 seconds a couple of minutes wow yeah and i would talk to them and like make silly i essentially like treated them the same way i treat like the little kids that i would like mm. make silly faces and say <laughs> funny things to try and evoke some sort of emotion out of them yeah uh and it would work like 50 percent of the time other times <laughs> they would look like i was nuts <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i bet the editing must or the calling and the editing that couldn't be that fun though when you're looking at the same oh, situation kind of it's yeah. fucking awful like that's yeah. why I- do it again because it's really i i hired i hired somebody to help me with the culling and the gallery creation and all and it's just so much work and i just i don't think it's where i want to put my energy mm. moving forward i'll just say that yeah i can understand i can understand definitely yeah. uh that's cool though do you and so do you like kind of get the print sales and things then as well from that yeah, or? yeah. 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 so yeah. that's how it works i then sell the photographs to the parents yeah. Cool. That must be quite a good money maker, though. No. Um, it depends on the school. Depends on the situation. Last year it was for me, especially in the middle of a pandemic when there was literally no other income coming in, and I needed to make money. Cool. Um, it worked out. It really saved. It really saved my year, if I'm being honest. Um, this year quite has not been as successful, but other things are picking up, so it's That's it's cool. fine. 
again yeah. that's the important of the, of the importance of the diversification so yeah that's very cool cool lisa let's let's change tack again I like changing just sure. going between kind of things all fun so lisa a random one but can you remember the first record or cd or tape that you ever bought can you remember oh my goodness or at least one of the first ones yeah <laughs> well i really loved uh are you familiar with the uh, grammy award winning artist debbie gibson <laughs> i'm not no i'm not <laughs> She was a uh, pop artist of my youth, okay. the equivalent of like uh, like a uh, off-brand uh, Madonna. Okay, <laughs> cool. off-brand Britney Spears. I I think probably her album Electric Youth was probably my first purchase. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> You're like I have no idea who the fuck she is. I know. Yeah. I'm not missing anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny that's cool i've never asked that question on the podcast before so it's fun that very interesting oh there what? you go who are you yeah. helping i would say <laughs> oh no i'm not no no i didn't <laughs> all, all good <laughs> <laughs> do you still what we don't buy cds anymore though in records do we i mean i don't i know the vinyl is making a comeback isn't it but i, I have not bought i used to buy cds all the time as a kid but now it's all just stream everything and stream everything. It's funny because my best friend is a big um, avid record collector and he has a whole system in his house with God, hundreds, I think, of records. And I'm like, really? All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's their own. It's their own. <laughs> <laughs> Did you never alphabet alphabeticize um, your like CD collection when you were younger or anything? Oh, yeah. 100%. Who didn't do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny that's funny um um lisa let's let's go to an advice question because i'm sure people would love to hear this from you and it's quite a big one so do feel free to take any time to think if you want but what would be your top tips to help someone become better at the documentary side of family photography you know what would be yeah the specifically the documentary side what would be your top tips so you know one thing i learned early on from Kirsten Lewis uh, was not to snap at moments. Like, don't be reactionary. To okay. take time to think about, take time to think about your intention. What is it that you're wanting to photograph? Why and how you want it to look on the back end? And I have to tell you that even though I say that out loud, that I still <laughs> <laughs> am learning, <laughs> trying to figure out how to do that. Um, so that's kind of like being more, just thinking more about what's going in front of you. Being intentional with your work. Mm. Yeah. Thinking about, you know, and I, when I first started documentary and I think when everybody does, you know, it's really just like, let me just take the like, candidates, right? Candid moments. Let me just take pictures of candid moments and not really think about, you know, the artistic side of things. Mm. And that's something that I definitely learned from, from Kirsten and from, um, Chuck and Reno, both, you know, who I've mentored with, okay. was really thinking about thinking about the art of photography beyond just the family piece of it. And I, I would say that like having moved on now to taking education outside of the DFP world, I learned so much from the DFP community, you know, about really creating, you know, thoughtful art and elevating the genre of family photography that I I don't get now. You know, it's like, I feel like if I didn't have this base of education that I 
cultivated for myself, I would not nearly be as successful as I have been in creating the photographs that I do. So, you know, for anybody that's just starting out, I highly, highly, highly recommend education. I think mm. it's important and you can learn so much, but it's also just about setting your intention before you, pick up, before you even pick up the camera. <clears throat> what do I want to say today with my images? That's cool. Mm. The question. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great advice. That is, that's really good advice. And do you think you know you you were talking about you having the two mentors there? Um, how did you find those mentors? You know, did was it specifically people whose work you admired, or yeah, how did you do it? Um, so you know, Kirsten Lewis is you know pretty well known within yeah. our documentary yeah. family um, genre. So you know, I told you I started you know, my education journey in Cricket Moms with Lauren Mitchell. And then I took another class with um, Lauren and Felicia Chang, who's another photographer out of uh, Canada. And then I started hearing Kirsten's name, like around through the ether. Mm -hmm. I'd see her mentioned here and there. I wasn't like, most people are like, oh, I found her on Creative Live. That's yeah, not, yeah. I actually have never watched one of her Creative Lives. Um, I found her essentially through word of mouth. And okay. then I looked her up and saw that she you know, offered pretty intensive educational opportunities. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Uh, so I just started working with her. And then, you know, for Chuck, he's also somebody who's pretty active in our um, documentary family world. And I took his class. Uh, it's like his main offering. It's called Creating Deeper Documentary Imagery. And okay. it was a changer for me. And then I developed a, you know, re relationship with Chuck and I mentored with him and he's, He's been an amazing, he's been an amazing mentor and friend. That's cool. That's very cool. I've never done it. I th I'm really interested in doing it, actually. I think it could really, yeah, definitely help. And I know other people I spoke to who've, who've mentored um, have, have always said how great it is. So, uh, yeah, I guess it must be it must be a great thing for people um, if, they're, if they're listening to this now. A um, great thing to go out and do. I just wondered how, yeah, if it was people, I just wondered, that's why I asked you, if it was if it's people who are office, um, specifically putting out like kind of mentorship packages or if it's people that, yeah. you know, just whose work that you really love and you approach them and say you know do you offer any kind of mentoring i, bet, I guess both way of doing it is, is yeah. both yeah i mean if i hadn't have found if i hadn't connected to each photographer's work i never would have signed up mm, you know sure. with them um but i love both you know both of them are extremely talented and so that's really what caught my eye first and then yes they also offer education and so I would never have the balls to go like to reach out to a photographer who I didn't know and just say, Hey, I really love your work. Can I mentor with you? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would have the balls though. Honestly, just from you talking to you now and like, you know, I thought you would. <laughs> I mean, you would think, I mean, maybe I'm slowly, slowly starting to get past all that fear. And I constantly have some, this like quote would not quit quote written on my walls is closed mouths don't get fed so i am always thinking about that i've not heard like, that quote before yeah oh you haven't closed mouths don't get fed no, i've not heard of it no that's cool okay yeah i i, I kind of live by that because you know you what is the other one like you miss 100 percent of the opportunities that you don't take or oh, right. try mm. for or something like that um so yeah, so I'm I'm slowly getting past the fear and just realizing like what's the worst that can happen. I always think about like before I send an email or make a phone call, like what's the worst that can happen? Like yeah, like, respond to me or like it's the fear that we build up in our own brains before any sort of like you know 
interaction like that is always way worse than what the reality is going to produce so totally right totally right i do that whole thing what's the worst that can happen as well or like also like you know I'm even just talking to you now you know i just get nervous for each podcast thing i'm like well what is the worst that could happen we're just having a conversation now why are you nervous it's so silly but every time it's so weird drop a couple of f-bombs <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you get nervous do you get nervous at all have any fear at all you know when you're doing your your family work do you get nervous before doing a shoot absolutely every time mm. even still like i have one tomorrow morning and i'm like i have to prepare i'm a like a notorious procrastinator and so i'm always okay. trying to pull things together but um, yeah, always. But generally speaking, within the first 10 minutes, I calm down and it's fine. But yeah, right. before I show up, like that whole like moment when I park the car, like oh. before I get out and like go into wherever I'm going. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, that's good to hear that you do as well. And, th- and that's, I think, I li- one thing I like about his podcast is that other photographers have been able to hear how, you know, every, well, virtually everybody does get nervous as well. And it's a normal thing, isn't it? I think that helps as well, just to hear other people going through similar things. Yeah, I don't know that that feeling ever goes away. Yeah, I mean, it never has to me with my, you know, my wedding work never has. Um, and I've been shooting since 2012. Um, so, yeah, it got better. I mean, in the first kind of, I don't know, six months, eight months, I wouldn't sleep well before, you know, a shoot. I still I do sleep now. Yeah, I do sleep. But I always need a nervous wee on the way to a wedding. You know, more. <laughs> nervous wee. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I do that, too. I'm yeah. Weird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, it's a real thing isn't it it's a real thing <laughs> so i'm totally using that now alan I'm take, taking that you put it on your website, put it on your website. absolutely don't mind my nervous we <laughs> that's great oh that's funny that's funny um lisa okay let's go to a bit like kind of a bigger question and i i kind of word this question really awkwardly so i might have to read it to you twice but anyway let's see um when you've reached old age and you're looking back at your life, what would you like to think about the life you've led? <laughs> I know it's awkwardly worded, isn't it? It's no, you know, what's so, it's so funny that you say that. It's like the universe is listening. I have been thinking about that exact question a lot lately really? because everything going on with my father uh, sure. and yeah. You know, dealing with um, like essentially like facing mortality for, you know, a parent and what that looks like and the meaning of life and like all of those like big um, questions that, you know, we are always out there, but we never really talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for me, I the legacy I would like to leave behind is that I made a difference. Um, with my work through my actions, um, I really want to like bring about change. And so, you know, while it's slow, like I told you at the beginning of this podcast, I'm very impatient. I feel like it will come. I feel like it's coming. I feel like that's the direction that I'm going. And so I just need like literally like one foot in front of the other, just keep going. But I, I would like to be my, I would like to leave behind the, the legacy of my work, which will be bigger than me. I want it to do more than just, you know, take pictures. That's so cool. And you will yeah. do. And what you're doing, you will do. That's so cool. Yeah. Thanks. 
question. <laughs> I don't know if that's the answer you were expecting. You're like, no, oh, wow. I, I, I never expect like anything, really. <laughs> but that's proper. Yeah, I mean, that's that's proper legacy, isn't it? That's a proper, proper way. What a great way to, what a great way to have led a life, I think, to have that, to leave that behind. You know, once we die, you know, we, the only thing we have left is, you know, either the people we've left behind or, you know, things that we've done, how we've contributed to society and beyond. And so mm. I hope that when that time comes that people will say, yeah, she did good. That's proper cool. That's a great epitaph as well, actually. Or, you know, on the gravestone. Yeah, she did good. <laughs> it's true, though. And I think that would be very cool. I'd like that. I'd like to be able to say that, you know. So well, I hope it doesn't say, you know, she was a royal bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. That wouldn't be the best. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, Lisa, though. That's, um, yeah, proper, proper cool. And um, I've just I've just looked down. We uh, we've been speaking for almost an hour. It's gone so it's gone so quickly. I know I say this all the time, but it does fly, doesn't it? It's flown. It's flown. Um, so I've got time for just one more question, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, let's go for a, another tips one, because again, I'm sure people would love to hear from you. Do you do you have any tips or bits of advice for getting families to be relaxed in your presence at all? You know, so they know they can just be themselves I, and, and you may not, or it may just be natural with you and your personality, but I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I really, um, <clears throat> so I go in, I go in hard with the kids. Like I really try and make them my friend from the beginning. Um, I do think part of it is my personality. I am very, you know, jovial and um, like open and honest with the families. I talk to them ahead of time. I think that's so important um, with any shoot is to spend a little time, you know, getting to know them. I do a Zoom call, okay. um, let them like set up the scene. Like, this is how it's going to go. Like, we're just going to hang out. Like, I don't, you don't need to dress a certain way. You don't have to clean your house or whatever it is that we're doing. Like, I, you know, just be you. It's totally fine. And, you know, inevitably when I first get there, it takes a little bit for everybody to calm down, but mm. you know, I talk to them like I would talk to you or maybe not so many curse words, but you know, <laughs> other, <laughs> um, I'm pretty like casual in my approach. And so I think, you know, if you go in casual, that will calm them down. Uh, I think if you go in like all flustered and, you know, again, try and be too corporate or too stiff, like that just puts people off. So that makes sense. Totally. If I'm relaxed, then they're relaxed, too. Yeah, great. I think that's honestly that that's great advice. That really is. That's great. You know, when you said about you talking to them beforehand and you said you don't need to clean. Um, do you do you find though when you get to people's homes that they must be totally spotless, even though you've said that? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes not. Sometimes not. And oh. I'm always like, yes. <laughs> yeah, proper. This is real. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> this is real. Uh, those are my favorite but yeah generally speaking people i mean you know it's only natural like if you have company over you're like shit i gotta clean the bathroom yes. but <laughs> generally speaking most people uh yeah they, they will do a little bit of tidying up it's fine <laughs> yeah can't blame them though can't blame yeah them. you can't blame them <laughs> like have you had some have you had someone come and photograph um your family oh all the time oh do you yeah I, oh, okay. I, I um do you clean it's funny because i was just <laughs> well i'm so i'm speaking of like vacation photography i'm really big into hiring a photographer when i travel with the family oh, cool. okay, so yeah. like my husband and i went to um rome a couple of years ago and oh, we hired cool. 
Sarah Paolucci. Oh, that's, is that how you met her? Had you had contact with yeah. her before? Oh, that's cool. She's awesome. so lovely. Yeah. And her work is just brilliant. And then when we were in Yellowstone uh, last summer, I hired Gretchen Yost for oh, the cool. day. I spoke to her on the podcast as well. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. All your, <laughs> all your members, yeah. They're all <laughs> great photographers. But yeah. I, we haven't done one um, for this year yet. And so I, I need to think about if there's an opportunity because I like to try and do it once a year. I just like, I can't practice what, like I can't not practice what I preach. Right. Like I tell mm. families, as you thought, you know, record this time, like it's so important and then build memories and blah, 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 blah. And then not fucking do it for myself. That's Cause if true. I just take like, I take all the pictures and then I'm not in any of the pictures. Yeah, sure. So, mm. At least once a year, I try and hire a photographer, documentary photographer. That's proper cool. Are they with you for, you know, quite a few hours then on a day on, yeah. on a vacation? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like uh-huh. between six and eight hours, generally speaking. And we'll do like, like when Gretchen came, we were in Yellowstone and we were, um, you know, by Old Faithful, the big geyser. And we like went to different parts of the park with her. And then um, in Rome with Sarah, we actually did a full walking tour that she had arranged with one oh, of wow. her friends, tour guide. And so she just hung out with us for the day. It was great. It was really it was really great very cool and you must have some amazing images and memories from those trips now i wow. do I and you're do. in them you're in them and i'm in them i know it's not just pictures of my kids yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes me with my husband thrown in there <laughs> <laughs> oh you know i should do that i really should do that so i've never had that done i've never had anyone actually come in oh. even in my home you know um, and take really yeah so i know i need to do it i need to do it don't i mm. oh yeah you do yeah there's I, a local photographer here with me who we'd like to switch sessions some sometimes and she's come into my home and photograph before oh that's a nice idea as well yeah kind of swap shoots with each other yeah swap shoots yeah and did you clean did you clean your house before <laughs> probably <laughs> <laughs> oh lisa yeah. sorry just say uh, it's been so fun to talk to you i really enjoyed yeah. it thank you alan it's, thank you for asking me on the show no oh, thank you for coming on it's been so easy to talk to you and you, I, you, you can't see me but honestly i've just been smiling the whole way through um <laughs> you're just very lovely to talk to her. and you're doing proper meaningful things with your photography as well proper meaningful things so hats off to you um it's proper it just makes me reevaluate things and it just oh it just does but honestly amazing honestly proper proper cool and uh, and anyone listening um now I've, I, I've got to stop saying if you're listening because obviously people are listening if they're hearing me say it if you're listening but yeah do head to thisrepertagefamily.com or thisrepertage.com and i'll include a link through to uh, lisa's site and that family story ward um we spoke about earlier as well and i hope one day i get to meet you i've got to come to somewhere else other than vegas in america yeah so. <laughs> Well, the next time you go to Vegas, you let me know and I will be there. Yes, let's do it. That'd be cool. That'd be very Yeah, that'd cool. be awesome. <laughs> okay, oh, thank I, you, Alan. No worries. You stay well. And yeah, and if you're ever down in Cornwall in, in England, you know, let me know as well. I, I will for sure. Awesome. Thanks so much, Lisa. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the 89th episode of the This Is Reportage podcast. Really enjoyed chatting to Lisa there. Hope you enjoyed listening. Head to thisreportagefamily.com or thisreportage.com for a link to her website, her family caregiving project, and to see the specific family story award she talked about too. We have lots more episodes of the podcast available where we speak to family and wedding photographers from all over the world. Delve into our back catalogue to hear from the likes of Barbara Puchter, Sara Paolucci, Stefana Ferrell, 
Patrick Mattia, Emma Collins, Ralu Chase, Dan Morris, Frank Boutonnet, Sitlali Rico, Dave Scholes, Menina Cognes Menina, and many more too. If you're not a member of this reportage or this reportage family, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 individual award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, including our upcoming Christmas party in December 2021, exclusive discounts, hours of educational videos featuring tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers, and much more too. Submissions are open now for our final award collections of 2021. The deadline is the same for both our wedding site and our family site. Submit by 2359 GMT on the 23rd of November 2021. No poses, nothing staged. This is Reportage. And this is bye for now. <laughs>